Hi, welcome to the LS Fables podcast. I'm Liv. And I'm Sterling. And we're going to answer one of your questions about writing our books or the indie author process. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at LS Fables or here on Spotify. If you want more writing tips and tricks or information about our latest releases, join our newsletter at lsfables.com. Today we're talking to Kat Winters, indie author of the book Free Me. Hi Kat, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your book? Hi, I'm Kat Winters, and um, Free Me is the recently released, well, semi-recently, queer YA novel that focuses on what it's like to be queer and deal with societal pressures and how intolerance can really affect our mental health. Wow, that sounds kind of like a heavy topic, a really important one um, that also kind of heavy. I personally prefer heavy, so that that works for me. Um, So it's really great that we have you here on the show today. Uh, We have some interview questions if you'd like to answer some of them for our listeners. I would absolutely love to. I am so happy to be here. We are super excited to do this. This is a new series for us. We've not really done a lot of interviewing before. This season is what we're focusing on because we think while our voices are important for our listeners, we think other people have input and and knowledge that will be valuable for them as well. I've already learned a few things from a couple other interviews that we've gotten handled. Um, yeah. So it's been a really cool journey. But let's focus on you today. So... You've kind of given us that, like, brief synopsis of your book, but, like, what inspired you to become a writer and then an author? And for us, we we think writers write, but authors publish in some kind of platform with the goal of having other people read their writing. Does that, like, make sense for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, I didn't really think about writing for a long time. I I was a big reader. Reading was my escape from the world, my escape from bad situations, my escape from difficult times, and it just was how I coped. And then when I got to school, we obviously everyone remembers all the constant writing assignments and because that was how English teachers made you understand concepts like foreshadowing and stuff. And so we did a lot of writing assignments. And around fifth grade, I wrote something. It was supposed to be a five-page story for class. And so my teacher, one, she, um, I was like the only one she didn't display the story in class, which was horrifying because here I thought I did something wrong. Then she called me up to her desk, which, again, horrifying. And then she told me, this is one of the best stories I have read in your grade level in six years. Wow. And she told me that this is something that I could really have a future in. Of course, I didn't think much of it. I was like 10. Right. (laughs) But, you know, it, it was encouraging knowing that I was doing something well in class, so I kept it up. Then I got to middle school, and I was in a really bad place. And I had a teacher who 
I absolutely adored and she adored me. Didn't matter what was going on, she supported me and she loved my writing. She made special assignments for us to write just so that I could write and have some sort of escape and she always pushed me to do more and she told me that someday my writing could change the world. And so because of that, I actually started considering it. I started considering the books that I read to think and escape and thought, maybe I could do that. And so I took one of those assignments and I turned it into a full-length novel, which I didn't think much about. I was like, okay, whatever, no one's going to want to read this. But then I thought, that's what I thought about my teacher. So I posted it online. And it just created this incredible segue of writing for me to writing for the thrill of seeing how my readers react. That's really awesome. It goes to show just how much of an impact teachers have. Yeah, I have. was just thinking, like, you had a, a support system in the in school that was really, really important for you. Yeah. So that's really cool. Um, was that, did that first novel become Free Me? No. Oh, gosh. No, that, that first novel is still sitting on my computer, desperately awaiting major major rewrites but part of me can't bring myself to do it just because of like the sentimental value to it you know that's fair I mean I haven't gotten to talk to that teacher in years and so for some reason it's like I see that story and I can't think to change it because it's like I'm still connected to her and I'd yeah. like I'd like to think that wherever she is she knows what I'm doing, and she knows that it's because of her. That That's really cool. I highly recommend that you do reach out to her. I, um, I definitely have a lot of friends who are teachers, and my partner is a teacher, and um, they don't get enough praise and reinforcement from their students about how important they were and how impactful they were considering how difficult the school system can be sometimes, especially administratively. That's not really a word. Especially from the administration. Yeah. (laughs) So if you ever have a whim, I really recommend you reach out to her because I I bet it would make her freaking year Yeah. uh, to know how important she was. Ever since I wrote Free Me, I've been trying to find her and contact her, but it's like like she dropped off the face of the earth, but I'm not giving up. She literally changed my life she saved my life so that's amazing someday I'm gonna find her and thank her so where did you publish that first story online I was part of the crowd that used Wattpad and still kind of sort of do I just don't limit myself to that anymore Honestly, you're not the first author that we've <laughs> talked to that started out on Wattpad. Yeah, I think it's a totally valid venue. Um, it seems to be a great way to get honest feedback. Yeah. it ha- Well, first off, it has a large audience. Yes. Ready and available. 
It's I mean, like, it's basically a set of beta readers. An army of beta readers. An army of free beta readers who will give you feedback whether or not you were necessarily looking for it. Yeah. Um, you know, and like, as you've probably experienced with Freemie, finding beta readers can be very challenging at times. So mm-hmm. it sounds like actually a really great platform. We've not... Um, investigated it yet because we kind of were already starting with like Amazon in mind specifically. Yeah. But, you know, it sounds like a really good venue for a lot of people. So I don't think that's anything to be embarrassed about at all. Um, I definitely have mixed feelings towards them, but I'm grateful for the people that I met and the readers I found and the connections that I made. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. I think any social community is going to have pros and cons. That's for like sure. Like the social aspect being the con. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that I mean, Wattpad, you don't get paid, right? You can, but it is a ton of effort and a ton of luck. I um, never got paid for it. Okay, so so you had things published for public consumption but not necessarily for uh commercial value yeah 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 because at the time i didn't even think oh yes this is definitely how i'm going to make money i still thought it was just oh whatever it's just me being a goof um so how did you transition into like actually self-publishing a novel Uh, it was kind of a weird transition i was still just writing to write and it was around the time TikTok was created and was becoming popular. I had just moved across the country and I decided I'm home all day, every day. I have nothing better to do. I'm going to download TikTok. And I met someone who I really related to. And she wanted to share her story of abuse that she went through. And so she decided to write a book. And when no one would publish it, she self-published. And she shared her journey on TikTok. And I watched and I just kind of sat there and I was like, that's an option? And so I started like digging into it and looking more into it. And I'm like oh, I could totally do that. And so I decided, why not? I'm going to start the process. And then my friend, my friend Miggy, who's a musician, in 2020, she decided, screw it, I'm going to release some music. You know, we're all having a horrible year, might as well take the risk. And that was kind of what pushed me to take the plunge and actually follow through okay so you started out wanting to publish and then wrote the book not writing the book and then deciding to publish no i by the time that i had discovered self-publishing i had three manuscripts finished okay wow (laughs) and so you decided to publish one of those yes what was that process like for you uh very very involved because <laughs> I love free me I really do it is my baby but I never ever thought it would leave the internet I had written it for a writing contest on Wattpad 
And so I wrote it in less than a month. And then and then I had to go through and do all the major rewrites and all the editing. And I was so in over my head. Because it was I wrote it in a month. It was this really messy 18 chapter thing. But I'm very, very happy I took the plunge and very happy I went through the work and that it became what it is today. Yeah. You know, I mean, Liv and I, I don't know if you've listened to some of our episodes about, like, our origin story. Uh, but we we met and, and started writing basically because of COVID. Yeah. Um, like, everything shut down. We didn't have anything to do. We couldn't go to work. And so it was just, like... The options were, like, go insane or write a novel. Uh, so we chose option A. No. <laughs> option B. <laughs> option A is effectively not option B. Um, I don't know. But Sometimes yeah. they feel like they're the same thing. Right. But we did. We wrote Vassal in... About a month. About a month. And then we wrote Priestess, which still hasn't been published. And then we wrote Goddess. I mean, back to back, we probably wrote... All three books from mid-March 2020 to July 2020. Yeah, I think we took a break between Priestess and Goddess to try to get Vassal published traditionally. And we did a lot of editing, um, a lot of querying. And then when that didn't, and when, while we were waiting for that to pan out or not, we went back and we wrote the Goddess. Yeah. Did you ever consider traditional publishing? Once in a blue moon. And then I saw people trying to do it. And I'm like, I am way too much of a control freak for that. <laughs> yeah, I understand that for sure. Um, I think for us, the reason why we decided to not go with traditional publishing was predominantly our timing, for one. Yeah. The, the world was shutting down, and so everybody was freaking out. And we literally got answer letters back from um, agents, uh, literary what? agents, saying stuff like, we're not really taking new clients right now. And a lot of them didn't even look like they had read our query letter because they would just address it to Sterling or they would just address it to Liv, even though we made it very clear that we were two people. Yeah. Uh, so it was, like, very dismissive and... Um, we had put a lot of time into this and energy into it, and they hadn't even bothered to get that there were two individuals. Yeah. Um, and the ones that did seem to have actually read it still had stuff like, we're not taking new clients as of because of the current climate and stuff like that. And after a few months of doing this, which admittedly, lots of people try for years and years and years. And, yeah. and that's great. I love that level of persistence. We just thought that maybe it was going to be like it just the timing was such that it was going to be a problem for us and that we had time available to to work on this it's something that we'd really wanted to work on so we were just like you know what self-publishing is totally valid lots of people are very very successful at it and let's just try our hand at it there's no reason that we can't then re-query in a few years when things get closer to normal, little did we know mm -hmm. that um, it was not going to bounce back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, that is part of it. That it wasn't going to bounce back. But also we, in that time frame, discovered self-publishing and just what it's possible to do via self-publishing. So I think that, that route appeals 
appeals to us for a lot of reasons. And not just that the traditional publishing industry was kind of closed to new people at the time where we we started applying. Yeah, I definitely think that society is getting to a point where we're really focusing on on supporting small businesses and artists and indie publishing. We're getting more aware of the little guy, so to speak. Uh, There's a lot of spotlight on that, a lot of focus on it currently, which is is really great. They've always been there. Um, I'm a small business owner and have been for many, many, many years, aside from the publishing and um, it is it is nice to see people getting more focused on supporting that. There's nothing wrong with big business. Big business makes big jobs, um, lots of jobs, and I think that's really great. But it is cool that the spotlight is getting turned to the little guys, and I think that's really nice. So what tools do you use to self-publish? I always like this question because we've learned quite a few new tricks. So, like, what tools do you use to write or to get help editing or to get beta readers or to actually publish your book formatting so on and so forth Mm -hmm. I tend to rely mostly on the stuff that I already have you know I wrote free me on Wattpad originally and then I transferred it to Google Docs to do all the rewrites so that's where I do most of my writing and then when it came time to edit I relied on social media because I already follow lots of small businesses and self-published authors and independent individuals. And so I found another self-published author who also is an editor. Absolutely love her. She's the absolute best. And she was absolutely willing to work with me and work with my budget. And then came time for beta readers. And I'm like, okay, I have a lot of people who love to read on my social media, I turn to social media. I'm like, hey, I need beta readers. Who wants to read a book for free? And I used Canva to get my basic idea for a cover, and then I sent it to a cover designer, and I was like, can you refine this? Again, found through social media after tons of amazing recommendations. And, you know, originally I I had issues with my formatter, So I'm not going to use the same individual again. I found them through Fiverr, which can be great, but sometimes can be a little hinky. And now I work with another self-published author who also does formatting. Okay. So it sounds like you really rely on your community, uh, which is great. It's nice that you have that big community. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love them. Oh. Well, then let's talk a little bit more about your actual book and your characters and how you write and what inspires you. So you've already told us a bit about your book, but um, did you want to kind of build on that a little bit more, uh, like a little more detail without giving any spoilers? Yeah. So Free Me focuses on Josh and Zane in their senior year of high school, which we all know that is one of the worst years, the most stressful, the most intense. And Josh has always struggled because he doesn't feel like he's allowed to be himself. He lives in Waco, Texas, and Waco can still be a little conservative sometimes. And he's afraid of what coming out can do to him and his family. And so he watches Zane, the only openly gay kid in their school, 
and he watches from afar and he just is in absolute awe of how he takes the abuse day in and day out and still manages to hold his head high. Mm-hmm. And so when the opportunity arises to talk to Zane and be his friend, he absolutely jumps on it. And they eventually start to realize we have a lot in common and we can really support each other. And from there, it kind of turns into more and they lean on each other and together they kind of overcome everything that's been weighing them down and show the world that, hey, we're not a bad thing. We exist. You have to acknowledge that we exist and that doesn't mean we're a threat to you. So it's almost like a found family kind of vibe. Oh, yes, most definitely. And I thoroughly enjoy the found family energy. That's great. So what inspires your characters? Like, how how do you make your characters? So, like, Liv and I are kind of different wheelhouses on this. Like, for, for, for instance, on my part, I'm a pretty sloppy maker. I get a vague vibe. I'm like, human, all right, good enough. Bipedal. Um, and then I kind of go from there. I think it's less fake than that. I think it starts out like crazy goddess, sexy spa. (laughs) Okay, get a little more specific than bipedal. Yeah, slightly more specific. Um, Kind and soft, but strong in a different way. Yeah. Um, But then, like, I don't really actually know a lot about my characters until I write them, and then they surprise me. They live in my head. I don't actually have a lot of access to them. And books later, I will find out that they had motivations and were doing things in the first book that I was not aware of. That I was like, why are you doing this? They're like, this is just, I'm just doing it and you can't stop me. And I was like, okay, well, I can't stop you because I'm insane. So uh, I won't try. Whereas Liv actually seems to at least know some more, like, vague details about her characters. She actually makes them in her head, like, and designs them, so... I usually, yeah, I usually start with, like, a character arc. Like, I want this character to go through having all of their religious beliefs disproved to them. So, how would that affect them? What would put them in this situation to believe these things in the first place? And then that character kind of is born out of that. Yeah. So she definitely knows more about her characters than I do. So the question bouncing back to you is how do you make your characters? What inspires your characters? Usually I get a basic, like you, I get a basic idea, very, very basic idea. And usually it has something to do with someone I know and something they went through or something about me that I went through. You know, like like Josh and Zane, you know? I, I knew I wanted them to struggle with their identities the same way me and my best friend did. I mean, I'm still not out to my family. Thankfully, they don't listen to podcasts. And <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> my friend and I, I feel, really represent Josh and Zane, you know, and I I spend a lot of the book learning about them too. I I learn that oh, I didn't know that about you. When were you going to tell me this? Yeah. So your characters are really based on like real people that you know. Not the whole thing, but pieces of them. Yeah. Um they're not particularly um figments of your imagination. They're 
every single character I ever write, you'll find a piece of them in myself or someone I know. But they are definitely their own people and they definitely have their own thoughts and occasionally they'll choose to share them with me. Mm. I understand that. Mine usually don't tell me anything. Uh, but they're just working silently in the background the whole time until we realized books later that they've been beautifully foreshadowing something the whole time. <laughs> I love um, that saying where it's like, I'm, I'm not a writer. I'm just the person sitting back watching them do crazy things and recording it. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And so you've already said this, that, like you write queer fiction. So why are diverse characters, like why write diverse? And why is inclusivity important to you in, in your books? I try to be somewhat diverse because that's what that's what I grew up with, you know. I grew up in Southern California. I mean, we had just about every kind of person under the sun. And that's what I knew and that's what I took comfort in. And I enjoyed how everyone interacted. No one treated each other like they were bad because they were different. And then I moved. I moved to a more conservative area with less diversity and I saw that shift and I'm like, I don't want my family to know this kind of life. I want to show the people in my life what real diversity looks like. I want to show them everything that's out there. And I want people to be able to pick up my book from any part of the world and see themselves somewhere in it. Right. Having people say that has been one of the most amazing parts about becoming inclusive authors I think yeah saying like I saw myself in this character yeah has been you know we write because we write um we're not writing for a market to make money um but you, it's really great when you can reach a reader um and it's especially nice to reach a reader that maybe before hadn't hadn't found themselves in fiction yeah that's been really really just amazing experience what exactly does your writing process look like? Are you an outliner like us? Sterling and I outline everything. In fact, for our, our last novel, the one we just finished the first draft on, uh, The Last Contender, it had four, five different outlines all total. One for each major story arc, one for the world story arc, and one to put them all together. <laughs> I could <laughs> never. I could oh, never. you're more freeform. <laughs> yeah. I, so it's tell us about yours. I am the embodiment of chaos. <laughs> I will have the most vague idea for a plot, and I will sit here and I'm like, yes, tell me more. And I will have, like, a couple of big events planned, like, yes, I'm going to try to kill you here. How do I do that? And I kind of just, just go with the flow for most of it. And the only thing I ever really plan is the big events and the basicness of the characters. Everything else, I let them kind of skip along and mess up their own lives. And then I sit there and I'm like, okay, how do we clean this mess up? <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, well, and obviously that system works for you because um, you're producing content, which is kind of like our number one rule is like you have to have content, period. Yes. Um, <laughs> finished is better than perfect. You have to have something to work with. 
And some really famous writers are pantsers. Neil Gaiman, I'm pretty sure, doesn't write with an outline. He just kind of sits down and writes the book. <laughs> I know. People think, I know. People think I'm weird because I personally prefer pantser because I plan little details. The rest is just oh, okay. chaos. Chaos. That's okay. We actually learned that term from another um, interviewer. So you're not the first time who's ever told us about plantsers. Yay, I'm not alone. <laughs> yeah. No, at least one other person is a plantser. In the entire world. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm sure there's actually probably quite a bit. Um, we just, I know myself well enough to know that if I don't know where we're going, we're not going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And knowing and knowing me, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, you'd just be laid back about it. You'd be like, "It's fine. Enjoy the ride." And I'm like, "I still need to know where we're going." <laughs> I like knowing where we're going. I just uh, am not as good at outlining as you are. Yeah, well, you know, you do the T-Rex typing. Well, true. <laughs> Little tiny T-Rex arms. I'm joking. All right. Well, then, our last question is. Do you have any advice for other indie authors out there? And if so, what is it? The one thing I tell everyone, whoever is like, I want to write, where do I start? Don't worry about what people think. Don't worry about what people want. Write the story you want to see. Because I can promise you something that you write because you want it is going to be ten times better than any story that you write because the market demands it. You know, the story you have is the one that needs to be told, and it's the one that's going to be told the best. Your path is your path, and you need to take it the way that you want to. That's very therapeutic. Yeah. And I think it's a, a great way to go into it with a like healthy mindset. All right. Well, those are all of our interview questions. We really, really appreciate you coming and doing this interview with us. Um, if people are wanting to find your book, could you tell us where they could find that and where they can follow you? Absolutely. My book is available pretty much everywhere. You can find it on Amazon, on Barnes and Nobles, Books a Million. A couple of independent bookstores across the nation have it. So if you're in Wisconsin, feel free to go to Room of One's Own. If you're in Michigan, you should check out Adventure Inc. because they have signed copies. Um, I also sell signed copies on my website, catwintersbooks.com. I also have merchandise, which is awesome. Um, I'm working on getting an audiobook out because accessibility is important. Absolutely. Um, and all of my social media, if you just type in Cat Winters or Cat Winters Books, you should be able to find me. Great. That's really great. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And don't forget to follow us at Ellis Fables or find our newsletter at our website at ellisfables.com.